What's going on everybody? This is your boy Jonathan Evans. We're back. I just wanted to talk with you a little bit and have some devotions with you. I've been studying a little bit here in Exodus 17:8, and today I just want to talk about fighting battles, the things that we go through in life. You're either in a storm, on your way to a storm, or you just came out of one. Uh, my dad would tell me that, that, that battles in life or storms and tribulation in life is a lot like the mail you get in your mailbox that says occupant. Translation, we don't care who lives here. It's coming for you just because you're alive. If you're a human being, you're going to be going through some stuff. And I'm thinking about just me and my wife and our circumstances. We, we had two miscarriages. Uh, we love children and we wanted to have kids and we know it's biblical to have kids. And we're trying to follow God by being fruitful and multiplying. And uh, not necessarily filling the earth, <laughs> but but being a part of that. But sometimes at my house, it kind of feels like I'm filling the earth. There's a lot going on. But in the process of having children, we had two miscarriages. And that was devastating for us because we just were so excited about about having children. And, and to have those miscarriages and not really know if we were going to be able to have kids, not really know if this was something that was going to be for us, to not really know whether or not we could trust God through this. And we kind of got to the to the point where we're saying, hey, God, we're following you. We're doing what you've asked us to do. I mean, but are you with us or not? And as I think about that, I was looking at Exodus 17 during that time period and during that struggle that we were going through where it wasn't just one miscarriage, but it was two, and they were back to back. And so you really start wondering whether the Lord is with you or not. Well, in Exodus 17, 7, the people of Israel are asking the same question. They're asking that same exact question where they literally said, is the Lord with us or not? You know why they said that? Because it's the Lord that told them to leave Egypt and go to a promised land. It was the Lord that, that made big promises and brought this big time leader named Moses around and did these big time plagues and, and all of those things to take them to a place. But in Exodus chapter 17, uh, they found themselves with no water. They found themselves in the middle of a desert. Think about it. They're walking from Africa through the Middle East to the promised land. And so if you're walking from Africa through the Middle East and you don't have any water, that's like a major issue. It's not like a small issue. It's not like, you know, some type of little patty cake issue we're dealing with here. We're talking about life or death. That's how they felt. The problem was, is they were following God. They were trying to do what God called them to do. They were trying to go to the place where God called them to go. And think about it in your life. Bad things don't just happen when you're outside of God's will or when you're doing things inverted from what God has called you to do. Sometimes bad things happen because you're following God. And it's not until you're following Jesus Christ that things get worse. I wish I could tell you, and I wish somebody, I wish Moses could tell the people of Israel that if you follow me to this promised land, everything's going to be fine. If you follow God, if you, if you hang out with Jesus, your life is going to be peachy keen. But that's not the case. A lot of times it's not until you're going in the direction that he's called you that you experience drama, that you experience suffering. And that's really what the Bible is about. The Bible is about many things, but it's really a book of suffering. If you look at Job and you look at Jesus Christ, um, ultimately, you look at all of the people in the Old Testament, whether it's Noah and his time of building, or whether it's Abraham and his journey, or whether it's Sarah and her unbelief with her barrenness, and, and or whether it's David having to measure up against somebody twice his size, or 
or um, having Saul trying to kill him. I mean, all of these different things through the Bible, you find out there's a lot of suffering going on. And these are people who are just trying to do what God called them to do. And in Exodus 17, uh, that's what you find. I wish I could tell you that things will be better if you hang out with Jesus. But I wanted to start off just making sure we understand and have the right expectations that following Jesus a lot of times does mean suffering. It does mean being put in a position where you're going to have to trust him, where you're going to have to have faith in him. And that's where me and my wife were. We were on our knees. After having two miscarriages, we were, all of our pride was gone. All of our um, self-sufficiency was gone. We were totally dependent on God and him being the creator of life in our life. And now after four children, we realized that that trust and dependency was actually taking us to a promise. It was actually taking us somewhere. But we had to go through that time of battle, that time of trial, and that time of storm to recognize those things. What are you going through? What are you going through in your life where it seems like you're dehydrated, where it seems like you don't have water even though you're following God, where it seems like, God, I'm doing what you're asking me to do, but are you with me or not? Exodus 17, 7. And so what are you going through in your life? Well, let me encourage you to continue to trust God through what you're going through to continue to look to him through what you're going through, because there is a promised land. He is taking you somewhere. There is a destiny. There is a goal. God can see much further than we can see. Uh, My kids always get extremely disappointed when they ask for something and I say no, or whether they're without something they really want for a long time. And they have not learned to live in the no of their father because they can't see what I can see. And when you can't see what the father can see, it can be extremely disappointing because you just know what you want in that moment. But understand that God can see where he's taking you. He can see the finish line. He can see the destiny and the purpose. So even though you're going through a battle and a trial and a tribulation, remember that God is taking you somewhere just like the Israelites. Here they are, thirsty in the Middle East, walking from Africa through the Middle East, trying to get to this promised land that was promised to them named Canaan. And here they are just simply dehydrated. Now, how can we be following the one who calls himself the living water in John chapter four and be this thirsty? People are, are, are thirsty in their finances. They're thirsty in their, uh, their job search. They're thirsty in their marriages. There's all of these different thirsts and dehydrations that we experience while following God. It got to the point in Exodus 17 where the people wanted to stone Moses. I mean, it was bad. Moses was about to get stoned because of how how thirsty they were and how dehydrated they were. Somebody was going to get hurt because these people were trying to follow God and follow the, the, the leader. And they weren't experiencing any restoration. They weren't experiencing the salvation that the man of God, Moses, was was talking about. And so for all of you men out there that feel like you're in a stoning situation where you're called to be the leader, you're trying to lead biblically, but it feels like there's there's rocks being thrown because the situation and circumstances in life don't seem to measure up to the call on your life to lead your family in righteousness and justice so that these promises can be brought about based on Genesis 18. I encourage you to keep pushing. I encourage you to keep doing and being the man that God has called you to be. And for all you women out there who are having to be the leader because there is either no man there or because the man that's there is not there or because he's not being and doing what God has called him to be, I continue to, I, I encourage you to continue to be a First Peter 3 woman, to continue to lead by example, even though it's a storm, even though it's a trial, because God is taking you somewhere. 
And so there are many of us who are experiencing what the people of Israel were experiencing. And as we talk about this a few segments, I want you to just think about that and sit in that. And if you have time to read through the whole chapter of Exodus 17, we'll talk through it, but I want you to read through it in detail because you'll see how these people were complaining. And I'm not saying I condone complaining, but I do say I understand. I look at their situation and circumstances and I say, man, can you believe they're following God, but they have nothing to drink and they don't know whether they're going to live or die? Uh, We complain about small stuff. They're complaining about big stuff. This was a, a life or death situation. So I just wanted to start by encouraging you in that way. But God broke through for him. He told Moses, hey, go to Mount Horeb and strike that rock with the staff of God and water will come through. And at the breaking point, when the people were ready to give up on God, when the people were ready to turn their back on God, when the people were ready to lose faith, they, they, didn't, they, they weren't encouraged to go to church. They didn't want to serve anymore. They didn't want to wake their family up and go to church. They didn't want to serve their wives. They didn't want to serve their husbands. They, they, the whole spiritual Bible thing was out of the window because their essential needs weren't being met. God came through at a breaking point. And you'll find that in Exodus 17, right there in verse 5, 6, and 7, that God comes through at breaking points. Have you ever experienced God coming through, like right in the nick of time? Like, it's almost like God has a sense of humor where he waits until you're at your wit's end to actually come through and heal your situation. But it's not until we get to our wit's end do we realize that, yep, here he is again, that God is still God. He still is the one who provides. He still is our source. And so that's why he waits to our breaking point. I remember being at a breaking point financially. And I remember having to figure this thing out because it was Christmas time. And I, you know, sometimes I dibble and dabble in real estate. I guess I was watching too much HGTV. I got addicted to HGTV and decided, you know what, I'm going to try that. And so I got out there and started trying it, started trying it the wrong way. Here I am out of money. It's Christmas time. My kids are little. They're talking about, they're already making their Christmas list and they're bringing me the list. And here I am thinking, I don't know if you're going to get anything for Christmas because daddy was watching too much HGTV and got a little over his head. My wife is looking at me and I literally don't know what I'm going to do. I've got two houses for sale. They're not selling because it's not the right time of the year. I have no idea how I'm going to be able to make this happen for my family. And so I'm stressed. I'm trying to make it happen. I'm hiring different realtors. I'm trying to get this thing done by myself. But the reality is I was extremely dehydrated in the situation and there was no water anywhere to be found. And I just prayed. I was totally dependent. I was asking God to come through and here comes the month of December. And so I'm starting to get nervous. Here comes the middle of December. It's December 15th. My accounts are still empty. These houses are are still for sale. And then here comes December 20th. And I am sweating. Lo and behold, after time of prayer and dependence and almost giving up and telling my kids, hey, you're not going to get anything for Christmas this year. As soon as I was about to tell them that, an investor comes up to me and says, you know what? I see these two houses you got on the market. I like both of them. I want to buy both of them. And I also want to buy them cash and I can close in three days. So here I am at December 20th. 
Then December 23rd comes. We close in three days. I get all of my money back from those deals and some. December 24th, we go to the store. We shop, get all the kids gifts. And December 25th, they had no idea of what happened because all of their gifts were sitting under the tree. Because God has a way of coming through at a breaking point to let you know that he is still God. So trust him. Don't give up on him because he will not give up on you, even in times where you feel dehydrated and thirsty. This is your boy, Jonathan Evans. Y'all keep up with me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with me and continue to be steadfast in these situations. Be unmovable and continue to always abound in the work of the Lord, because I'm telling you, he will come through and it will not be in vain. We'll see you next time. But Christ didn't take the loss on the cross for you to stand still as if he didn't win. But he did win. Born again. Free from sin. Live again. Fear no man. Salvation. But it's time for you to start causing college jaywalking.